What is up? Coming to you live from the Cat House in Montebello, California. It's Dre's Geek Philosophy, the Monday edition, the February 17th edition. It's episode 161. We've been at this for longer than three years, people. Uh, I'm flying solo once again. And hopefully today I can see comments. For whatever reason, I could not see comments last week on Facebook Live. But that doesn't really matter if you're listening to this on the audio-only version. So this has been an interesting week so far. Uh, being a dad is exhausting. And yeah, I think it's just going to keep being exhausting. Forever. <laughs> and ever. And ever. And ever. <laughs> uh, all right. We, we, we have a viewer. I don't, I don't know if the comments are working. I don't know if I messed with Facebook the other day while I was on my laptop. I, I hope I can see comments today or else I'm going to have to... Hope for the best. Yeah, dadding takes some... I, I am out of shape. I didn't realize. I, I, I thought I was getting in shape prior to the birth of my son. And yeah, I'm always up. Oh. Uh, right there, uh, Kiet Fan was our first time. Will comments work this time? Yes, comments work this time. For those of you watching on Facebook, <laughs> Facebook Live. Yeah, like, like I am so out of shape. My, my right calf and my right foot have I've been so tight. Like when I wake up in the mornings, I can't. I can barely even walk. I have to get. I have to do such a deep stretch just to get it working again. I, I, I've been. Off, I have not been able to do any workouts because if, if, if I'm not holding the baby, I'm either at work or I'm doing something else. <laughs> and then my, my poor wife has been uh, uh, taking care of the little boy all day every day while I'm off uh, making the, making the bucks over at the old video game warehouse. It's a. Uh, it's it's. This past weekend was like it was cool because like on Saturday we we had visitors come over. People came over to see the baby and and of course when we have visitors, little tiger is like, oh hey look what's up? I'm gonna be cute, It'd be awesome and cute. And then and then we went to go visit Rosa's Rosa's boss. So she's having a baby too, and then we went to go take him some of our uh, stuff that no longer fits our our rapidly growing child and some other gifts. And we got to meet them. Then he was with them. He's like, oh hey, guess what? I'm a, I'm adorable too. And it's like hey. Uh, he's a little performer, just like his father. So that's nice. But then, yeah, yesterday it was just—it was so crazy. Like he—he he, he didn't stop crying for like two and a half, three hours, and I—I I couldn't solve the puzzle this time. It was like this. I was just like, I—I uh, I, I surmise it might have been gas. I—I I, I couldn't get it out in earlier burping, but for like everything I tried, I was like, I tried every trick that I that I've learned in the past five and a half weeks, and I, I couldn't get him to stop. And at some point, I think either like I finally got a little whatever gas was trapped. In his tummy, and got it out, and then he was okay. And then suddenly, he's right, then he passed out. I'm like, oh, okay. Don't know if lost the hearing this year, but it, it's been crazy. I, I know right there. I know many of my the, the fellow dads are right here. Ryan and Daniel are, are, are usually here with me every week. My, my fellow fathers, you guys have been in the trenches already for a while. And right there, Ryan Tanaka on Facebook likes to say it gets better. Uh, I, I, yeah, the little dude, uh, he's he's been sleeping a lot better. That, that, that's the that's the big positive. He's been sleeping a lot better. I, I, we still have to get up every two two three hours. Uh, to uh, why, why feeds him? I change him. <laughs> yeah, so uh, some nights it's like well Saturday like normally I can fall right back asleep, but for whatever reason on Saturday night, like when I'd get up at the three a.m. feeding or the, and then the five a.m. feeding for the diaper change, I couldn't get back to sleep. So all day Sunday, it was like my eyes were coming out of my head. This is like, oh, I have a migraine in the back of my eyes. It was, it was a rough Sunday, to say the least. And then he compounded by, tagging away. Hey, guess what, Dad? I'm gonna cry for a while. It was, it was wild. And then I, we got, we got some sleep last night. The the 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. changes. Uh, this the, this uh, this morning were not as bad. They were not as rough on me as they were Saturday night and the Sunday. So that, that's your dad update. I feel like I, I'm going to lead off the show with a dad update every show for here on henceforth, <laughs> as long as the show exists. Uh, so something else that happened over the weekend. Uh, my wife discovered that I had never seen Purple Rain. I'm sure if, if my buddy d ever see, gets to see this or if he watches, he'll be in, incredibly disappointed. It had dawned on Naturally, I've heard all these songs. I've heard all the Prince songs. I, I think Prince is amazing, but I'd never sat down to watch Purple Rain. And so my wife decided we had to remedy this, like, on the spot. And I think that, that was Saturday morning. 
and we, we threw on Purple Rain. And man, sign of the times. Woof. It's a like, cause I was like 1984. And his performances were amazing. It's, it's Prince. It's his Prince. He, he is amazing. And uh, I, I think that the, like, I remember I woke up this morning telling my wife, you know, the only thing that really bothered me about Purple Rain was how, like, everyone in the movie was acting like all of his earlier songs were, like, not good or trash. And I'm like, you're telling me Let's Go Crazy is trash? <laughs> like, like, everyone in the club wasn't feeling that song? You're telling me when, when doves cry? Computer Blue? Darling Nikki? You're telling me the owner's like, man, you gotta stop playing that crap. I'm like, that's the only thing that really fucked me up about the movie. Everything else is like, was, you know, it was typical 80s. You know, a, a woman got thrown into a dumpster. <laughs> the woman that Prince loves, he gave her the five fingers to the face when she defied him and told him she was going to go form a group with more, more, Morris Day on the motherfucking time. Oh, man. Morris Day was such a cartoon supervillain. Oh, my Lord. I, I, kept, I kept expecting Morris Day to, like, look into the camera and have, like, a, a, a laugh like like Muttley or Dirk Dastardly. <laughs> it, it was interesting to say the least. Uh, it, it was it, it was entertaining, if not I guess uh, in light of today. It's I guess there's certain things that would be considered problematic today. Uh, I, I, I of course as I always do with a lot of movies. I was researching as I was watching. I I cracked out the the old Google and I was like looking up everything because like who is this. Uh, Apollina. I, I always say her name wrong. I'm sure my wife will correct me as she walks by. Apollonia. Apollonia. Thank you, wife. <laughs> Apollonia, who is this? And then what happened to her? Like, And then I was like, let's look her up, I guess. She was a minor actress of note doing like little quick spots in a bunch of random shows. She was in this movie, and then she was in Apollonia 6, because... Uh, Apparently, it was supposed to be a different woman, Vanity, who is a, 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 a protege of Prince, but she up and quit the, the, the protege band that she was in. And so they had to quickly scramble to find... <laughs> yeah. And, oh, thank you for mentioning that. Ryan Tanaka on Facebook Live mentions, purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. I, I looked at my wife like, oh my God, I get that joke from, from the Chappelle show now. Because <laughs> during the Chappelle show, show sketch, Charlie Murphy's like, man, it's hot in here. Why don't you go purify yourself in the waters of Link Minnetonka? <laughs> and now I, the the joke is a hundred times funnier now. Now that I've seen the scene where Prince tells poor little Apollonia to jump in the <laughs> jump in Lake Minnetonka, Vanity was in the Last Dragon. Okay, there you go. Apparently, she was supposed to be in 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 Purple Rain, and uh, and she dropped out of it. And they were scrambling to find someone. I guess Prince has seen uh, Apollonia in a. In a, in, a, in a TV show, I was like, I like her. Let's go get her. She will be the new one. And and put her in the movie. <laughs> and then uh, after that, not really. I guess she was in a... She was in some TV show in USA. I was like looking through it. I'm like, wow. she, I, Nothing major of note. The, the, the highlight of her career was uh, was being in, in, in Purple Rain. <laughs> Other things happened. She formed some some organization to help young women, which, which I'm sure that that's a good thing too. But beyond that, uh, as far as fame goes, that that that, that was the the zenith of her fame. But yeah, but the movie entertained, and of course you know, you get to see it. It's basically a, a a Prince concert with interstitials in between, with Clarence Williams III being the dad. Maybe I'm just like my father, too bold. There you go. There's your copyright strike right there. <laughs> if the estate of Prince is going to shut down this episode. And uh, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be semi-autobiographical. It was just a fascinating film. And then the, the other thing to discover is like there was two other Prince movies, which I guess the the second one of which like swept the, the golden raspberries as in the worst picture, worst acting, worst everything. <laughs> but yeah, Morris Day and Jerome, hilarious. Prince was just was just Prince, the kid. Hello, I'm the kid. <laughs> yeah, I, I was very entertained. Uh, it was an entertaining movie. I, I'm glad that my wife had me sit down. I can finally can say that I've seen Purple Rain. 
And, yeah, and it's fine. The only thing I could tell that the revolution that was the actual revolution because they were not great at acting. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was the actual band because the the the, uh, the manufactured drama between himself and the revolution was so contrived and <laughs> poorly acted. I'm like, oh, that's the band. And then I, I confirmed on, on looking it up. Like, yep, that's right. Oh, they were all playing. Everyone was playing themselves, with the exception of Prince's parents. <laughs> Everyone was playing themselves. Uh, Daniel Wong, I, 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 if you enjoy Prince, uh, I, I would say watch it. <laughs> uh, if if you don't like incredibly cheesy, if you don't like incredibly cheesy interstitials in between uh, Prince music videos, uh, I, I don't know. The, the, your your mileage may vary. <laughs> I personally enjoy Prince's music, so the, it was pretty great from that perspective. <laughs> so, let's see right there. Yeah, yes, watch it. Right, it says yes, watch it. It's it, it, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's like 1984 in in, in a nutshell. They, uh, they they filmed the majority of it in Minnesota with a, a couple scenes in L.A. where my wife immediately saw like, oh wait, look, that's the so and so hotel or, or whatever. I guess it's a this downtown hotel, which my wife, my wife immediately identified during one of the scenes. Like you can immediately, you can see like, oh, this scene is much sunnier than the others. And look, it's downtown when it was less dirty. That that weird in between time. Hey, it wasn't super dirty or super filthy. It yeah, interesting movie to say the least. Entertaining for me. Interesting for others. It's not a bad time, I think overall. Unless you don't like Prince. If you don't like Prince, then you should stay away from it. Uh, something that uh, I, I discovered uh, last Thursday and then today, there has been some uh, drama surrounding this year's Electronic Entertainment Expo. The big old E3, uh, as mo- many people know it, you know, they, they, they once the, the biggest show in all of video games. Now, it, it, it really has, like, we, we've discussed it several times throughout the years here uh, on the podcast. But it, apparently, they're they really falling on hard times. Uh, we already know Sony is not showing up. Uh, so Sony will not be there. Microsoft will not be there. Microsoft will be doing their own thing in the in the building that they uh, they pay for uh, the naming rights across the street from the convention center at the Microsoft Theater. Sony's just going to do their own thing. Uh, and uh, there was some doubt that Nintendo was going to show up, but then the, after the drama of last week, where uh, one of the one of the big gaming journalists, uh, this gentleman you know, Jeff Keeley, this guy, he's all over the. Uh, Gaming journalism. If you watch the, the the video game awards, he he is the figurehead of that. He he's the the driving force behind the video game awards. Normally he does some uh, coverage. He has a, he he hosts uh, E3 calls. Oh yeah, Ryan Sonaka. I saw uh, a report on that. The PS5 is gonna be the last console. And yeah, that that's something else that that my boss has been speaking about for the last uh, few while. I I'll get to that piece of uh, information as well. Yeah, the, the is E3. Uh, the, this guy, Jeff Keighley, normally he hosts E3 Coliseum, which is like kind of a multimedia uh, information gathering or information delivery source for E3. He announced uh, last uh, Wednesday or Thursday, like, nope, uh, he, he will, uh, for after much debate, he will not be producing an E3 Coliseum. They, they, they are not going to have Jeff Keighley there to host E3 from the outside or the, from the inside out or however you categorize what Jeff Keighley does. He, he's a big gaming journalist. Uh, my, my only uh, name dropping of, of Jeff Keighley was uh, the last time I went to the Penny Arcade Expo, or I guess known as PAX Prime, up in Seattle back in 2013. I remember walking onto the show floor, because now this is kind of like the closest analog to the, the E3, or like this Penny Arcade Expo, where a lot of gaming companies show up to that, and that's like a big, just it, that, that just encompasses all of gaming, not just video games, but also tabletop game and Dungeons and & Dragons and... Um, card games and board games and everything type anything that can be played as a game is is celebrated at that show in Seattle and then also somewhere uh, in Boston in San Antonio and Australia they they host the show four times a year and uh, I remember being on that show floor and like looking around, oh man this is getting as bad as E3 and then standing next to me is Jeff Keeley going yeah man and like as he was standing there making that same observation as I just I was saying it out loud to myself because I was by myself. And then he's standing there, uh, you, you sound about right. I'm like, oh, hello, gaming journalist Jeff Keeley. Yes, we are both in agreement that this is getting out of hand. <laughs> like, we can't enjoy these shows like we used to back in the olden days when when only uh, 
qualified members of the industry could show up to them and not just uh, your random rank and, rank and file gamers just rolling in and, and ruining everything in, in, in the eyes of the people who've enjoyed things, things before. Uh, yeah, uh, Back when Sam was on the show, we used to opine for the olden days of E3 when companies would give out free stuff and hand out beers or you could play every game. Like, oh, the, the booths, you could just walk up and play any game that you wanted. There was there was no lines to play games. It was just, oh, there's just like, oh, all these monitors and all these game consoles, like, like, like back as far as, you know, like the, the first time I went, like 2002, I remember, oh, if I wanted to play Kingdom Hearts, oh, they had like 40 freaking booths of just Kingdom Hearts at the Square Enix booth. And you went over to the Sony booth, they had another 10 there. You can just walk up and play it. You didn't really have to like wait in a long queue just to play it because there wasn't a lot of uh, people who didn't belong there. I mean, technically when I went there, I didn't belong there, but you know what? By hook or crook, you know, I was one of the smart ones, but I was, I was going there to do research as a person in the video game industry back then. I may have been just be a, a peon at the old GameStop back in those times or at Toys R Us. I forgot how I got in that time. I don't remember if that was GameStop. I think that was the first time I worked for GameStop when I got into E3. And, uh, yeah, back then it was like you could enjoy the show. Like, oh, I'm going to walk up. I'm going to play freaking Metroid Prime. It was, it was just, I could just walk up and play Metroid, the GameCube. It was about to come out that year. And I'm like, oh, look. Or it was the year after the GameCube would come out. And, oh, I could play Metroid Prime. Oh, look, there's Wind Waker. I could just walk up and play it. Now, if you want to play a Zelda game at one of these shows, you have to wait in a three-hour line and hope for the best and hope and hope that you can just manage the rest of your precious hours at the show. Now, it's become a comic book convention. It's become like San Diego Comic-Con or any other Comic-Con out there in the free world where it just it's a series of lines. Which is which is unfortunate, and now it's like because of the of this, it just keeps expanding and expanding. Now, like, I mean, last year when I went to E3 the first time in a few years, it just felt like oh man, I, like it was okay for those three hours they only let the industry in, and then uh, the, the other four hours where like they let the the gamer passes in, all of a sudden it was like oh god, I'm sending you Comic Con flashbacks. I don't like this. This is not, I'm, I'm getting out of here. Uh, I guess the, the change that they're making this year. Is that they're making only they're going to make one of the days industry only, and the other two they're going to sell the, those are the only the other two days of the show are for the gamer passes. So so the for the people who want to conduct business, which now that I'm a sales manager for a video game distributor, I'm actually going to be going to conduct business. <laughs> I, I'm I'm actually going to be conducting business when I go there for the first time in however many times I've been going to E3. I'm actually going there for business purposes, not just. To be a jackass and play games, which it's, it's kind of exciting for me, but it's, I, I'm only going to have one day of actual commerce where like I, I have to try to figure out how how do I schedule? I have to go to my boss. Hey, how do I schedule meetings? <laughs> Since I, I I'm I'm a sales manager for a, for a big distributor, I need to go talk to people and convince them to to, to sell stuff to us so we can <laughs> disseminate it among the masses. But yeah. It's been nuts, and then a couple of my coworkers are freaking out. Oh, normally we've been able to register for E3. Oh, then they said that all the registrations are going to go out on Saturday. They didn't go out until like I think this morning, and then uh, and then this morning, oh my e- my email came through. I'm like, oh look, I can just click here to pre-register. I'm like, oh I have express registration, and my two coworkers are like, how come you got express registration? I'm like, I don't know, I I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Uh, I, the last year was my first time back in several years. I don't know if uh, there's like a check mark next to my name. It was like, oh, this guy's been here 15 times. Express registration. <laughs> I, I I couldn't explain it. Yeah, so Jai Potter right there says line the show. That's all convention. All major conventions are just lines. Uh, the 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 brave souls who have to venture into Anime Expo. It's it's line con. There's a line to get into the show, and then there's lines inside the show, and there's a line to get into another line and. You're just lining up for line's sake. Uh, take a cell phone battery charger and extra bottles of water. You're just going to be waiting forever. So, yeah, it's just it, there's all this uh, drama surrounding E3. And then, then I think after the, the big thing last week with Jeff Keighley, like the 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 ES, uh, what is it? Uh, the ESA, the Entertainment Software Alliance or whatever the, the, the group is that runs the, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. They put out a press release. Oh, no, no, we still have Nintendo and we still have all, we still have every third-party publisher coming to our show. So please, please pay all these people who are paying 
for the gamer pass or pay for the thousand dollars to go to all three days where I'm just going in for free. I, I have never paid to go to E3 and I, I, I never will. And hell, this might be the last year. <laughs> My coworkers are like, they want to go just, be, just in case if it's the last show. And I, it's just interesting to, to think of it this way. It's like back in, I remember like 97 when it started, it was like the, such a, a revolutionary thing. Like all the games in one spot, everything that hasn't come out yet. And now it's just thanks to the multiple factors, you know, the internet, ease of access, and other mitigating factors, cost, where Electronic Arts used to used to spend millions of dollars for these giant booths that would look, look very impressive. But I think, as I've said before on the show, like the return on investment, a lot of companies are realizing that, like, spending all that money on the show is not helping their bottom line. And so this show might go the way of the Dodo and make room for another, you know, random convention at the convention center in, in, in the week, in the, the second week of June. Very, very, very curious. Uh Something else, that's, other than, but uh, as Ryan Tanaka mentioned earlier, PS5, uh, Sony, uh, there's a speculation that this might be the final console for Sony. And uh, I have a feeling that's not too far off. I, I, I don't imagine, uh, as far as game consoles as we know them, as they've been established since the early 80s with the Atari and the NES and the ColecoVision, and where like we have a, a console and then we purchased physical games that might be going away sooner than than we want or sooner than than it should as as we get closer and closer to this uh streaming world that we live in uh yeah i i don't foresee uh sony or microsoft they they might not stick around or they might or not in the traditional sense like maybe the ps5 might be the last console but it might transition into being a streaming console. We know uh, Google fell on their dick, and uh, they tried that Google Stadia. I think that it's a, it was an interesting idea, but executed poorly and a little too early. And yeah, the, the game industry. Uh, my boss continually says that the, the industry as we know it is is in trouble. Uh, pe- people are celebrating the the eventual death of GameStop, but uh, the the death of GameStop, e- even though they are it might be a well-deserved death for them. If, if GameStop goes, they, they, GameStop goes down, that is roughly 40 to 50% of physical video game purchases. Even though how much we, no matter how much we hate them, they still represent a significant chunk of the video game industry in its current state. And if they were to just disappear, just like it, the toy industry is still trying to kind of recover from the, the disappearance of Toys R Us. I mean, it, there's a lot less places to buy toys. I mean, obviously, Amazon's not going anywhere. But as far as a physical place to buy toys, it's um, it's getting tough. So now, if GameStop goes away, that is going to really further solidify the the disappearance of physical games. And they're right there, Jai Potter, right here on, on Facebook Live, saying, "I'm old school. If I can't own my games, I won't play." And it's going to get to the point where we're not going to be able to own our games, and that's the way game publishers want that's how they want it that's how all these companies like an ea or an activision who are still currently in the console business but i think they're a lot of them are going to be more than happy to transition into a digital model or a streaming model or some other way where they can control the content they can force you to spend more than you desire or try to trick you into free to play gaming it's it's getting it's getting rough out there and so, yeah, they 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 can't they can't. I think these companies companies can't justify raising the bar and hardware wise get when the, the the that return on investment is getting rough. They could get away with selling the PS2 for less than than what it costs to make because they would theoretically make it back in all the software licensing and all this all the selling of the software. That's where all the money can come that was coming back in the in the late '90s and early 2000s. Um, but now the, the physical software sales, they, they're, they're, they're slowing down where you have major games come out 
and they immediately go on sale like no less than a week after they come out where before it'd be a while like if, if a game came out brand new it would stay at its MSRP whether it was $49.99 or $59.99 it would stay there for a little while or if it came out close to the holidays you might see a sale but usually they'd stay up there I the, the only uh, the only publisher that I know that's, that still sticks to their guns that way is Nintendo uh, because they're 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 very traditional in in, in that where they're not going to immediately start mark, slashing prices just to raise sales. But uh, an example I can make recently was like Mortal Kombat 11 uh, when that came out. Um, Warner Brothers and whoever else is behind publishing that they slashed prices immediately. Like literally the day it came out, it was already like ten to fifteen dollars off. You could go buy it for forty five dollars. They're 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 cutting into their own bottom line just to make some sales which I, in short term that i get that's that that's a good short term strategy but for long term strategy like when you come out with another game and you're you're going to be forced to put it down put it out for less and therefore you're hurting yourself in the long run people are going to get used to paying less for what you for for what you were charging more before and and that's a, another thing that i i know i've said this before ages ago uh, the cost of ga- the cost of games have not gone up in relation to the cost of production. Like right now, the only franchises that can get can get away is like Call of Duty or your or your Grand Theft Autos. Like they sell enough to justify the amount of money put into these games. Like realistically, like we should be paying a lot more for our for the games that we play, considering the amount of money and time that goes into them. As these consoles get more and more sophisticated, it, it takes more and more people to develop and create these games. That's why, you know, right there, I apologize, talking about uh, downloadable content. Once that became a reality, that's that's a, a way for a, a publisher to c- recover more money from what they've invested into these games. And and that's why, uh, see, Jai, you made a comment earlier about EA only pulling out one or two games a year. Realistically, that's all a lot of these companies can afford to put out and expect a profit these companies used to put out dozens of games a year i'm uh, to go back to another e3 experience of mine i uh i can't recall if it was e3 uh 04 and 05 i remember being able to stand at the ea booth and watch all the trailers and you know, i'd see like all oh, that that the old republic mmo was coming out and then burnout 3 was coming out and they'd follow that up with star wars republic commando and then there was like another um it's like you know, they'd show all these games. Like, there'd be a Lord of the Rings game coming out, and like there's trailer after trailer after trailer, and they could afford to produce all this stuff, but uh, the the sales of all these games don't justify the investments into them. That's why you see there's a lot less licensed games because you have to pay the licensee. That's why to produce these games. Like right now, EA is the exclusive licensee for for Star Wars games, and they're trying to leverage that. They just put out their Jedi Fallen Order game. I don't know how well that game is done. Uh, I know at, at work, uh, we don't usually uh, deal too much with the brand new games, but we had some customers, you know, request us to carry that. So we went out and found some copies and sold it to them. And yeah, it's all about subscription. And oh, see, Ryan, that, that, that's exactly where I was going to next. Yeah, the the, the, the death of the console is, uh, I, I don't want to say partially to blame or, or one of the mitigating factors is this concept of free to play where people start off for free and then they can choose to spend money. And it's been proven now by games like Fortnite that if you just hand them, I guess if you create a compelling game, which Fortnite has, they've they've created this compelling competitive game, which is somehow like caught the attention of so many people that they can put it out theoretically for free and that the craziest part is people are not paying for a competitive advantage. I'm going to talk about something else in a little bit. Uh, people are paying for just cosmetic things. They're they're paying to make their character look like the way that they want to look like, or they're paying for uh, more experience, or they're paying they these V bucks, so to speak, that the people are turning their real money into virtual money to spend, and they're raking in billions with a B and and that's the model going forward it seems to be where you create something simple and addicting and uh, you just hope to catch fire like EA has uh, to a small extent it was an Apex Legends of it or it's a 
I guess a more uh, serious or a more uh, adult-looking like kind of a, a Fortnite-ish game, a, or the Battle Royale, so so to speak. That's a, the Battle Royale. That's that's the type of game that's been successful. The crazy part is that Fortnite didn't start out as free-to-play. Fortnite started out as a regular game where there was a campaign. You could buy a physical disc, and now apparently those physical discs no longer exist. Uh, my boss has said he has gone to the publisher several times. He's like, can we, um, can we get a uh, a print of that? Can we, can we make like five to ten thousand copies? People want that, and they won't. They're like, nope. We're they are they are more than perfectly fine with just sticking to this free to play downloadable battle royale. There, there's a whole another Fortnite game that came out before, and now they they choose to. Uh, I guess it would be epic. They just choose to ignore it. They, oh, that it. It's not worth it to them to go back and print these discs, even though my, my, my boss is willing to pay for it. My boss is like, I will pay <laughs> to have them printed. I will buy them <laughs> just so we can sell them because there is a, clearly a demand. People want... We went through the holiday. We sold a whole bunch of codes, literally. The, the, there was a Fortnite... The, the, we were selling cases that literally only had a download code in them. I guess for, as far as the uh, the Switch version and the PS4 version, there was no disc, there was no Switch cartridge inside of it. <laughs> it just had a code, and people were buying it. And then it's funny we get a lot of uh, returns. Like there wasn't a Fortnite game in here. I'm like, no, you don't understand how it works. That and it's like you you download Fortnite, and this is money for Fortnite. And so, yeah, it's not broken. Yeah, I guess that's 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 Epic's point of view. It's like, no, we, we're perfectly fine. We don't want to create physical media anymore. They're, 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 they'll make physical cases with codes, but they will not. Or actually, those aren't even being produced anymore. I think they might be moving on to some other. It was like the Frost Pack. We 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 sold every single one that we had through the holidays. We burned through every one that we had. It was it was fascinating. I guess the Xbox One had an actual disc. To, as, as part of the, the process. But the other one's like, nope, download code only. And, uh, yeah. The industry is going free-to-play. This is this is where the money is at. This, uh, but uh, I, I feel it's it's a very double-edged sword. I, I, I've been noticing some stuff because I, I am not oblivious to this. I, I play several free-to-play games on my phone. It's... It, Honestly, that's how I get my gaming fix now. It's very hard for me to play a console game now, or even get to my portable. I, I have a Switch. I have a, uh, I have a 3DS. I, I, I very rarely even in it, uh, interact with those, but I always have my phone with me. And so, uh, currently, uh, a couple of the games that occupy the majority of my time are there's a Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, which is it's a, a fun. It's like these uh these gotcha games or I guess there's there's different terms for these games where like there's just a whole bunch of characters and it's like the incentive is to keep playing to try to unlock all the characters. Uh, I'm playing Galaxy of Heroes and then there's a Marvel Strike Force which is pretty much the exact same uh, format. These are like kind of like very basic role playing games. You level up the characters, you make them stronger, and then if you put them in certain combinations, you are you have a much better advantage. Oh, if I put all rebels, if I put Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Chewbacca, Princess Leia, and R two D two, I can lay waste to a bunch of teams. Unless I run into the Knights of the Old Republic, and then I'm dead. If uh, Dar- <laughs> if I see Darth Revan and and uh, corrupted Ballista Sean, I am dead. Dead, 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 dead. <laughs> yeah. All right, see, right there, Dang Wong. Only play mobile games. Five to ten minute dopamine hits. Yeah, it's that's... <laughs> you know, last week, my, my wife and I went to this... Uh, it's a parent connection thing. We were, we're, we were in this program, I guess. If you're in California, you might be familiar. It's called the First Five California. There's a bunch of sub-programs that are funded by that. And we got signed up for one of them because it's free and they, they give us free stuff. I got $25 of free gas. Um... They were the class was talking about stress, and then they're like, oh, how do you deal with stress? What are what are, what are your things you do? And then my wife goes, oh, you playing those phone games? That's how you cope with stress. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> the right there. What what Daniel Wong just said on Facebook Live: five to ten minute dopamine hits. I I I love collecting things, and then, like me, like I've always been. A, I love to collect stuff. I used to be really big in collecting basketball cards, and then Magic the Gather. Marvel cards. I was always, I love collecting things. I'm a big collector of things. That's why I have 20 long boxes of comic books between my storage and my mom's garage. I have 
boxes and boxes of basketball cards. I have all these, like, I have toys among toys. I have, I have a crazy collection of video games. But now I feel I am able to get that um, collecting need, that itch scratched with these games, with this, you know, Galaxy of Heroes, with this uh, Marvel Strike Force. I, I still play this other phone game that, that my friend Irv shames me that, like, that I still play. It's like uh, WWE Supercard. And like, I collect, I, I get to still collect my cards. It doesn't cost me anything but a, a few minutes of my day. It's, like, it's even great, too, that WWE one. I only just need to check in like every four hours and I get some free cards. I don't even have to play the stupid game. I just like, show up, watch ad, boom. Marvel Masterpiece. I got a bunch of Marvel Masterpieces. I got a bunch of the ones that were overprinted. I think Series 2 or Series 3, the, that crazily overprinted one. <laughs> I have a handful of the originals, I'm sure. The ones that were like $5 a pack. Oh, Hero Clicks. That's right, Jaipal. I totally forgot. I loved collecting Hero Clicks until I realized what a freaking quagmire that is. But I, I love collecting things. But now these, these phone games, these mobile games, it, it really fulfills that itch. I'm like, oh, if I keep playing. I'm like, like, I am literally doing the math of like, like how long will it take me to unlock such and such character. I'm like, how how much time investment per day? If, if I put in 10 to 15 minutes every day, I got it. I, 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 I can unlock, like, I remember like a couple of years ago, I'm like, oh man, it's going to be a lot of work to unlock Wedge Antilles. He's like, my, like he's my favorite, like, non-popular Star Wars character. Like, that's the, he blew up the Death Star, yo. People don't realize that. He saved the day. Yeah. He, he, he took down an AT-AT in freaking Empire Strikes Back. He was always like my favorite, like non-popular character. Like he's he's always been like my my low-key favorite, Wedge Antilles. So like I was like, how much? I'm like, I have to play this other mode. I have to, I need so many shards to unlock them, and I have to get them to you know to seven stars rank. That's gonna take me. It took months, but I got him, and I got him, and like it was like a few months ago trying to unlock Chewbacca in this game was oh I had to have five bounty hunters. That means I had to level up Boba Fett. I had to level up Bosk. I had to level up IG88. I had to level up Dengar, and I had to level up freaking Greedo, and I had to level all those guys up. I had to get them strong enough. I had to unlock everything, and it becomes a whole thing, and it feeds my collecting neuroses, this this weird addiction that I have to collect things, and it, it all it costs me is a little bit of time each day, and I'm juggling a couple of the games, and, I, I, and I've gotten much more invested in this Marvel game lately because I'm like, hey, wait, I'm actually getting... I, I unlocked the, the I unlocked Iron Man and like once I unlocked Iron Man oh cool all right let's go get Cap uh, let's go get freaking uh, Venom oh let's go get all these other characters all right cool I'm unlocking all these characters but I, I so I've been going and doing research on YouTube because like now it's like fuck I need some better strategies because like I have to fight in the right combinations I'm getting stuck and this is where I discovered well one these these games are big business for each of their def- uh, each of their respective companies. I, I saw a report my friend because my friend Irv, he's the one who got me into um, Star Wars: Galaxy of Heroes because uh, that came out around the time of uh, the Force Awakens. So that's how long that game's been going. That's how long I've been playing that game. So it's been a while I've been playing that game. Uh, the game has made like overall total. Like that Star Wars game has made a billion dollars. This is a free to play game, mind you. I have not spent one red cent on this Star Wars game. There are people out there that do. Uh, they're jokingly within the community. They're called whales or the people who spend like thousands of dollars. Those guys are called Krakens. And uh, a lot of these uh, people are, are YouTubers who they do YouTube videos. And so they spend money because they're earning money back from all the people watching them. People like me watching them and be like, hey, how do I unlock such a like? How do I get freaking Darth Revan? I'm like, what kind of work do I need? To, like, what kind? What do I need to do to unlock Darth Revan? I don't know the sequence to beat Darth Malak. I mean, what the hell? And I watch these videos. I'm giving them views and helping them fuel their their engine. And yeah, the the game makes is made a billion dollars in I guess how many years? This mobile game is free to play. And the trippiest part, like the other games I play, they have ads and stuff. This game doesn't have any ads. I mean, they'll occasionally like when the Mandalorian came out, a thing popped up. Hey, Mandalorian's out. And then weirdly, they didn't do anything. They didn't put you know the child. They didn't put freaking. Whatever the Mandalorian's name is, Jin something or other. They didn't put any of the Mandalorian characters because I guess they felt that it wasn't it wasn't going to be profitable. They weren't sure if the Mandalorian was going to be popular, so they didn't do any work on that. I'm like, they got to fix that shit when season two comes out. I want to unlock the fucking Mandalorian in the game. Fuck y'all. I want a baby Yoda to put his little arm out and be like chicky nuggies and like and whack somebody across the head. They they don't know what they're doing, but what I discovered 
Yeah, they're going to be putting out some uh, Rise of Skywalker characters. They've been putting them out. And there's going to be a couple that are going to be incredibly difficult to unlock. Where you will literally, if you want to unlock them when they come out in March, you're going to have to spend hundreds of dollars to just buy Because you can all, in all these games, that's the gimmick. If you're not patient, you can bypass all the waiting by giving them money. You know, like, here's my credit card. <laughs> I want... Kylo Ren now. I, I want this character now. Here's the money. Take all my money, turn into crystals. I'm going to use these crystals to unlock all the things I want. And then some of them, there, there isn't there isn't even a delusion in some of them. Hey, do you want, you know, Rise of Skywalker Poe Dameron? Give us $99. I'm like, okay, here you go. Here's $99. Give me Rise of Skywalker Poe Dameron, Rise of Skywalker Finn, or, or General Hux or whatever. They're, they're very powerful characters. See me, I'm a free-to-play player. I'm like, well, Bye. I'll see you guys in 2021. <laughs> At some point when they put you where you're farmable. Bye. <laughs> but they get these people. But they're going to be putting out these uh, these epic galactic legends. And, uh, and, and some of these YouTube videos I'm watching, like, the requirements, it's going to require, like, if you're, it's either going to require waiting forever, which I, like, the, the joke was, if you're a free-to-play player, you'll get galactic legend Kylo Ren in uh, 2024. <laughs> Because the amount of work you have to put in theoretical work into the game or what they want is money. <laughs> you put the money into the game. That's how they, they, they churn the money out of the Krakens and out of the whales. And it's and there's people protesting. And like you see like the, these protests. And so and I go to find some videos for like it was just the other day I was at work. I was looking up a video for Marvel Strike Force. I'm like, oh, I'm sure there's people doing videos for Marvel Strike Force. I need to go look something up because I want I, I want to figure out how to unlock the Phoenix. In, in Strike Force, and I see a uh, boycott working. I'm like, what? And I, I, I go straight to that video, and it's it's one of the same guys who does videos for Star Wars. He also does videos on the side for Marvel Strike Force, and he's talking about how there's a giant protest going on in Marvel Strike Force because of the, a lot of the mechanics in the game are you know they, again these games are free, but they want you to spend money. So they will frustrate you within the game to try to force you to put money into the machine. I'm a patient man. <laughs> I will not give them any money. <laughs> nah, you'll get my time. And time, I mean, you are getting money, so to speak, <laughs> because if, it's, you know, time, if time equals money, I guess they are getting money from me, but they're not getting literal money from me. And, and then that game doesn't really have too many ads either. Like my, uh, the, the WWE game, like, oh, it's like, if I, if I want to do anything, I have to watch an ad if I don't want to pay. And, uh, in these games, like, no, there's this huge boycott going on. And like, they're, they, they are actually addressing the boycott because I guess enough people stopped playing or like this, this is straight up are just not playing the game that they're, that, that the Marvel Strike Force developers and the publishers have to be like, whoa, we're sorry that we did this mechanic this frustrating you guys here. Look, we're changing things. Sorry, and then the, they're doing these community posts to try to apologize and try to end this boycott. I'm like, I didn't know there was a boycott going on. I'm just happily checking in on the game every every you know, six to eight hours on my phone. And uh, what the hell? I'm like, it's insane. And, and, and like I'm saying that that's like your double-edged sword with these games. We're like, oh, they they are they're clearly profiting. There there's money to be had out there. But I guess I, I guess depending on how hard, how hard they squeeze the the proverbial fruit, uh, that that's uh, the the reaction you might get from your base. And I guess to 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 flip that back now, that's I guess that's the decision Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo have to make if they're gonna like move towards that type of model, where they're gonna be oh like I guess Nintendo made a lot of money from all their mobile games, which are also free to play, pay to win. And uh, I, I'm guessing these other big console manufacturers are going to realize, hey, we're we're dumping all this money into R&D and hardware. Let's fuck that. Let's just get into this, this fresh money and free-to-play software. Let's work on that. And yeah, it's like, well, you can't, there, there is money to be had, but there, there, I guess there's a careful balance that has to be found to where you don't abuse your player base, where like... Uh, I, I, as I fell into that YouTube wormhole, I guess a lot of the a lot of the Star Wars players are there's like people quitting in mass because of these uh, the the requirements of what you have to level up your characters to you and then I guess the thing is you have to take characters that are crappy and level them up like so to speak in the game I guess if you want to unlock 
let's say Galactic Legend Ray. You have to level up these other like resistance characters that people haven't used since they come out. There's a there's a there's a regular resistance pilot. And I get there there's databases where we can look at them. Like only like out of the millions of people who play this game, only three people have leveled up the pilot to the point that's needed for the <laughs> for this event that's coming up. And I was like, whoa. I'm like those people are insane to have invested so much of the the resources within the game into this character, which is considered a lower tier character. And then some of the other YouTubers are complaining like it's going to mess with the balance of the game because there's a lot of PvP within the game that's based on your total power. It's like, oh, I have to invest all of this dead power into these characters that suck. It's going to throw off the matchmaking. And it's like all this stuff I didn't realize that was going on. These simple games that I play just for funsies that make all this money, it's it's insane and intense. And it, it really, uh, again, it, it circles back and it makes me think about what's happening to the future of of this of this industry. Or like, what I consider, it was just a hobby. I, I love video games. I have loved video games ever since I was a little boy. So when I, I first got my hands on an Atari, visiting my, my cousins in Mexico and, and playing some Pac-Man with that old school little joystick and the button, you know? And... and and getting my hands on my own Nintendo and, and, and saving up my money every week. You know, I, I was like, I'd friggin' clean, I'd vacuum the whole house and, and clean all the glass. I get five bucks every Friday for it. And then, you know, that two and a half months to put together 50 bucks so I can go to the Music Plus or the Circuit City and go buy an NES game and foolishly buying bad ones. <laughs> Although, when I bought Mario 3, I knew I was buying a good game. I knew I was buying a good game. That, that, that was the, I remember saving up for Mario 3 very diligently and getting my hands on that, on that cartridge. Man, I was happy. And then my parents went, why are you paying $50? We can just go rent it from the video store. I, I, and that, was, that was my hobby. I, I loved playing the games. And, and, obviously, and I, I've been fortunate enough, uh, I, as an adult, I, I've got to work in the vicinity of video games. I, I was a... When I worked at Toys R Us, I worked in the R Zone. You know, I worked for GameStop at three separate points, three separate points in my life. Uh, when I worked at Fry's, I was working in the software section and uh, I was dealing with video games a lot. And then the, I guess the the peak, so to speak, I, I worked for Nintendo for seven years. So this has always been something. Even right now, I, I work at one of the biggest video game distributors in the world, and I, I get to deal with video games on a daily basis. And it, it's always been something that's been a part of my life, but and but to hear my boss talk about it, like he's like the the there there are dark days coming, like he sees it, like he my boss has been in like I am older than my boss, but my boss has been in the industry since he was like a teenager. He's been like slinging he 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 turned flipping games at a freaking swami into a giant into this giant distribution that model this business that he that he that he runs and. It's just crazy to think that like he he's getting kind of like he he doesn't mean to be doom and gloom like he's like oh, I was like oh don't worry uh, the company can last a good like another ten to fifteen years on the stock that we have right now on, on selling retro like theoretically now going to become retro games your PS3s and your 360 games and everything currently now is going to become retro in about five years ten years it's like with with the stock that we have we can stick around for a long time but uh, as far as the future of the game industry goes like he's like it, GameStop goes down. That means physical games go down. That means there will be no more physical games, and it's just all going to be digital, just like in the movie industry. Now everything is uh, streaming. Everything's Netflix. Everything's you know Amazon Prime. Everything you you get it on an app now, and with Apple with their little Apple Arcade, they're, they they they're casting their die into this. We're like, oh, you just pay so much per month, and you can play all these games. I'm sure Nintendo. I'm sure internally, Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft are trying to figure out. Okay, how can we do? Like, Microsoft has uh, their Game Pass. They 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 have a version of the Xbox One where it's digital only. You just pay for your Game Pass, and you have access to whatever the games they say you have access to. And like Jai was saying, we, we we're gonna no longer own our games. We're gonna we'll buy a device and play them. <laughs> See right there, my, that Daniel Wong says uh, maybe it'll go the way of vinyl, and, and you know, and that's I think maybe my boss is kind of half hoping where like it's like it's gonna go the way of vinyl, where like a lot of this stuff because physical stuff will no longer be produced, it the it's gonna gain value, and then that's how our company is gonna stick around for 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 the foreseeable future when this eventual 
digital-only world happens. Uh, I continue to make the argument that the digital-only world can't happen, at least as far as America goes. We, we can't get to the digital-only because our infrastructure is incredibly terrible. Until the infrastructure is fixed to where our internet doesn't randomly suck ass... <laughs> Uh, I don't think uh, the, 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 I, I have no fear of this digital future, but it, it is going to show up at some point, whether I like it or not. See, anyway, vinyls outsold CDs. This year. I, I am not shocked about that. The, the CD has been going the way of the dodo and people uh, uh, like a podcaster, uh, like uh, Mark Marin always talks about how like, the, the sound of vinyl is more authentic than, than digital sound. So that, yeah, I, I remember my, my, I think my wife and I talked about it earlier this year. There was a record store day where all these record stores were like, it was like free comic book day, but it was like, oh, record store day, go to support your local record store. And like all these record stores are everywhere. There's, there's, there's a record store down the street from our house here. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Like a lot of this older stuff. And, and there's a company that kind of uh, takes advantage of it. There's a company called limited run games where like they, they take digital games that were, I guess, intended to be digital only and they get the rights to publish maybe four or five thousand ten thousand copies of them and those and they, they sell them out every time because old men like jai Potter and myself I was like oh yeah i want a physical <laughs> i want a physical company physical copy of the games oh you see kiet fam right there's this country is too goddamn big for all digital yeah it's it's hard to get this like see japan can probably go all digital because it's small infrastructure everything's things tightly packed into those major cities here it's like no nah, it's just the infrastructure is too big, too wide for it to be effective. Uh, Google is learning that the hard way with their, with their, with their Stadia. They're learning the hard way. Like, oh, we're not ready for that. I don't know if the country will ever be ready, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. And, until they can reliably do it on cell phones, I guess. That's, that, 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 that would be the challenge for the all digital world. But yeah, it's, it's a crazy future coming. But yeah, just, all this stuff that I've seen in, in, just in this last week between the E3 seemingly going down in flames, this end of the PS5, and then the, these <laughs> the player bases revolting against the game because of the <laughs> the unfair practices of them trying to churn more money on them. It's like, ugh. You know, like, Jai, you, you don't understand. They literally sell out of every game. It's like the Shovel Knight and River City Girls are the prime examples of the yeah, their business model. They, and they're, they're, they're bragging that they're going to do a... Uh, a limited run is going to save E3. I, I'm wondering what sort of exclusives they secured. Because last year, their big exclusives was was being able to secure a whole bunch of Lucas uh, games. They, they, they got a whole bunch of the old Star Wars games and literally reproduced them for the Game Boy, for the NES, for the N64. Uh, that was a big thing that happened with them last year. I, I can only imagine that, they, that this year they have some... We were discussing that today at work, like... Try to figure out what is the the, the big exclusive that they secure because they they've worked with the big companies. They're the only one that won't work with them is Microsoft. <laughs> uh, they've worked directly with Sony. They, they reproduced uh, the digital versions of Jack One, Two, and Three on PS4, uh, which apparently are technically not great. But hey, some people want a physical copy of the the Jack and Daxter series. Uh, I, I'm personally hoping that they they're gonna get uh, the old Ratchet and Clank games from the, the PS2 and the PS3 area up onto the PS4. I'm like, maybe that might be part of their, their big announcement this year. Who knows? But uh, th- those of us who, who enjoyed the, the golden years of gaming, uh, we, we, we are in an interesting position where they, the younger people don't know or don't care. I mean, it's, just, it, it, it's not important to them to possess their games. Uh, I guess games are disposable to them. I'm like, my own brother, like, he, he keeps buying games all the time because like, he... Uh, he was playing Astral Chain on the on the Switch, and then all of a sudden, like he he like I he he works with me now at the warehouse as well, and so like he, I I pick him up and he and he rides along with me. I'll see him. He'll usually be playing on his Switch, and then he moved on to another game. Like he bought another game more. He, he basically is turning his paychecks around into games, and uh, he's like, oh, he bought Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, uh, the the the. the Tokyo one. He played that for a week, and all of a sudden, like he's playing Donkey Kong, uh, Tropical Freeze. I mean, what happened to Astral Chain? He's like, oh, I got stuck, so I just moved on to another game. I'm like, and I guess that's that's younger gamers. Even though he's only eight years younger than me, I, I consider him a much younger gamer in that respect. Or like, where people are just they'll move on. That's why a lot of these, you know, free to play games. It's easy to just jump in. All right, I'm sick of this. I'm gonna move on to another one. 
or these subscription models that that that's might be the the terrifying future that we have as far as video games goes it's it doesn't sound too bright to old people like us but maybe that's what the that that's what the youth wants and that's unfortunately gonna be our future we'll just have to clutch tightly our old systems and hope that we can keep them up and running and and people do want older systems god i we sold so many used n64s at work holy jesus we're still like and then like we're putting up some 64 games up on the internet to sell and there are people are just snatching them up it's uh it's insane there is a demand for old games i guess that's that'll keep our company up and running at least for, for the short term but it, it's crazy to think where, where the industry is going uh, as a person who's existed alongside of it for the last 40 years it's going to be fascinating to see where it goes and what I'll be saying here on this show in the future in regards to it. So thank you everyone for watching. Thanks for everyone who is uh, who commented. <laughs> the guy boy who rainbowed Veed, beautiful Joe got stuck. What sorcery is not no, the wrong one. That, that's, that's the wrong one. <laughs> if Cuba can do it with cars, we can do it with OG consoles. There you go. Yeah, the, the, and yeah, there is a demographic of people out there who are going to keep this stuff running, uh, the old stuff up and running. One of my coworkers was sitting there going through uh, lenses for, for PS2s and try, like literally a whole box of just the lenses trying to see which models work with what models because we're trying to rebuild some uh, some used or re- renewed. Or re- the word used to be refurbished. Now apparently Amazon has forced a new word called renewed. They're not, it's not refurbished consoles, they're renewed. So we're, we're trying to renew up a bunch of consoles. We're we're Frankensteining up a, a bunch of N64s and PS2s, getting them up and running so people can play these older games. It, it it's really a it's really crazy. We'll we'll see where the yeah we'll see yeah yeah my my I don't think my brother it wasn't my brother who rainbowed V Beautiful Joe I I think it was someone else's brother who who all rainbowed hey, no you know he worked with us freaking Richard he rainbowed V Beautiful Joe because that guy is insane <laughs> he he didn't have anything else to do. He didn't know what a female was. Oh, burns. Oh, ooh, the burns. I'm so sorry. That was uncalled for. It's funny. I told my wife, oh, I'm going to probably run short today. It's just me solo. Because talking about video games, it's easy for me to, to run all night. See right there. I, I just heard my, my wife's 9, 9 p.m. alarm go off over there. So it, 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 it's time to call it a night, people. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at DreGPPodcast. You can follow me. On Instagram at Dre GP Podcast. Uh, if you're listening to the the audio version and not one of my awesome viewers right now watching, you can always find us on Facebook uh, at Dre GP Podcast. Oh, see right there, Ryan Saga. That that's the big rumor. If the PS5 is backwards compatible with everything from one, two, three, and four, that would be the last gift. That would be the that would be the nice thing if they were to somehow do that. If they could make that PS5 play everything. Actually, that would save our asses over at our distribution center. <laughs> that really would. <laughs> we got a fuck ton of PS2 games. <laughs> um, as always, yeah. Uh, on Facebook, you can find us at DreGP Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Patreon if you want to be awesome, like our good friend Daniel Wong. Uh, you can support us on Patreon. Uh, just search for Dre's Geek Philosophy Podcast on Patreon. You can contribute. Uh, as low as a dollar, just uh, anything you contribute, that money goes directly toward paying for our SoundCloud bill. That's how we keep all of our podcasts up and running, uh, up on the internet for everyone to enjoy. I picked up a couple of new subscribers this past weekend. Uh, the, 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 some of the, the, the dads that we met, that I met over the weekend, that they both subscribed to the podcast. So if you guys are listening to this, <laughs> thanks for, thanks for subscribing. Um, and if you want to, if, if you don't want to support the show via Patreon, you can always go to my Etsy store. Just go to Etsy uh, forward slash shop forward slash Dre's Geek Philosophy. I saw a bunch of nerdy art there. Uh, I need to add more to it, but I it's kind of tough to be a dad. I, I the, the the one hour of free time I have each week is right here in front of you guys. Uh, I have to I have to once my son gets a little bit older and. He, he sleeps a little bit more controlled and maybe I can get back to work on making more Etsy things. Uh, but we'll see if you want to support the show that way. Uh, there, that is also an option. And if you don't want to support financially, as always, remember, share, share it on 
all your social media. Share it on Facebook. If you're watching on Facebook, share it. If you're listening to it, share it with your friends. Tell If you know a nerd, tell a nerd. Know a nerd. Tell another nerd. Hey, this other nerd's talking about nerdy stuff. He does it live on the internet every Monday. Or if you want to listen to it later, listen to it via podcast form. Uh, just share it with your friends. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Instagram. Share it everywhere. Uh, spread the word. We're losing, we're losing followers on Facebook. So I don't know what's happening. I, maybe people don't like me talking about being a dad. Who knows? Am I losing the plot? I don't know. My, my regular viewers, you seem to be happy with all the dad exploits. So I don't know. Well, I, I'm more than happy to keep the faithful happy than to try to appeal, do some mass appeal thing. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys, especially those of you who are watching live. I really, the, the, the fact you guys come out every every Monday night live and, and, and accompany me on this journey every week that we've been on for over three years, it really, it, it touches me right here in my heart. I love you guys and gals. Thank you for watching. We'll see you guys next week. All right, audio listeners, if you're still here, thank you for listening. We'll catch you guys next week.